Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Hey, welcome to the podcast. If you're looking for something deadly, you're in the right place today. You should go to nativelovenotes.com and at nativelovenotes on Instagram and follow Amy Jackson from Opasquiat Cree Nation. That's who is my guest today on the podcast. And Native Love Notes is for res kids and res kids at heart. It's designed with res kids in mind and it's designs that empower Indigenous people. Amy shared with me some really beautiful stories. You're really going to enjoy this podcast. So if you already follow Amy or at Native Love Notes, follow her there. And if you are a fan of Amy's and that's how you found me, then please follow me at jesskadumas.ca on Instagram. And uh, thank you, Amy, for taking the time to share your story with me. Your work is just incredible. It's giving presence to Indigenous people, Indigenous youth, Indigenous kids at heart on social media, which is where we know that we need it. And that's why you started this business. So thank you so much for what you do. If you are listening and you like this, please rate the podcast because that does good things for us. Take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag the both of us. So enjoy the episode. So Amy, tell me about your business. Like, where did this come from? I would say, you know, between October 2020 and heading into like the spring of 2021, we're really like stressful, lonely months, you know, like Mm -hmm. there was a lot going on in social media. There was a lot going on like in the world. Mm -hmm. And of course, Winnipeg, we were in our longest lockdown of the pandemic and, and one of the hardest, I think, um, you know, the, the March to June was nice. Like everyone thought, Oh, spring break. And then, you know, everyone went on to like have some fun during the summer. And then all of a sudden, you know, late October until that extended until May, we were in full on like Mm -hmm. lockdown. And so it was really hard and to see the rest of the world also struggling and myself struggling as a student and with isolation. Um, it was like, I know, I knew that like, you know, you couldn't even go online. Like there was outrage everywhere and rightly so. Right. I mean, everyone was, you know, you had a lot of time to think about what you believed in and how you want to criticize, you know, what's going on around you. And, and that's where we all were mentally. Right. And so I was like, man, like I can't even go online and enjoy myself anymore without having to think critically about some really important topic. And like, that's, yeah. you know, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And so I was like, this is great that people are thinking about things, but also like, can we just keep it some things light? Right. Mm, and so yeah. I was just like, how can I bring lightness back into like, and playfulness back into like social media? Right. Yes. So I started thinking about where I was from and like, thought about home a lot and I was like damn you know what would be really cool if my resi slang from OCN was on these really fun graphic designs and I've always loved graphic design and especially typography I love it I love playing with it I love looking at it like it's just something I've always been super drawn to so I thought 
man, wouldn't it be really funny if I started taking resi slang and putting it into fun, graphic, colorful designs? So I opened up, you know, Canva, you know, really Canva should give me an affiliate code with how much I talk about them all the time. Yeah, well, we <laughs> But like I opened up Canva and I started designing and it gave me, it taught me a lot about the lingo and how to like do different things in terms of graphic design and things just really started taking off. So I started sharing it on my personal Facebook, on my personal Instagram and people were like, Hey, uh, you should make your own Instagram for these, you know, designs. And I said, okay, uh, how would I do that? I guess I would need a name. So I found out, figured out a name and opened up an Instagram account and away I went. And within the first week, we had 1,500 followers. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The community was like yes. desiring it. <laughs> there it is. This is the Yeah, way. they manifested me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's incredible. How exciting that must have been. Yeah, it was really nice. And I think the best part was is it was meeting the need for community and like shared laughter and inside jokes that we were missing out on not being able to see each other yes, in person. So yes, because mm-hmm. humor is such a huge part of the community. Yes, absolutely. And, and another thing that I find is that it, it helps people relate to something. So they're feeling mm-hmm. of belonging. So yeah. when you see something that, you know, just your cousin say sort of thing, you're like, Oh my God, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. Yep. So were there any doubts when you were putting anything out, like any doubts or fears about judgment and, you know, what are people going to say? I was more or less worried about racist trolls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was my concern. It wasn't for me that I was worried. Mm -hmm. Um, I was worried about racist trolls because I know that our community was in a very sensitive place with what with the, um, you know, the discovery of uh, residential school sites, you know, starting, of course, with Kamloopa and things like that. And so I, you know, I knew that our community was in a super vulnerable position, um, you know, starting last June. Mm -hmm. And I thought the last thing I would want is them to feel like they're in a position where our community is already vulnerable, but to have to deal with racist trolls on top of that. Mm -hmm. So that was my main concern. So I was on alert 24-7 on social media. I was like, no, no, block, 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 Mm -hmm. block, block. Like... (laughs) You You know, no, did you have to do a lot of blocking? Yes. So people would make remarks, right? And they wouldn't be outright racist, but you know, enough that I'd be like, no, block. Absolutely not. No tolerance. No, yeah, no tolerance. We don't want that negativity. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I did have to do a lot of blocking, but eventually, you know, we found ourselves in such a like enclosed almost like community where we were like native love notes was almost like a protected space where we were all like, uh, or like at least on Instagram, right. We were kind of like sheltered in a sense where we, you know, we were so deep in like just the native, you know, Instagram that, uh, we didn't get a whole lot of trolls after a while. So, which, which was really nice. Yeah. The community coming together. <laughs> yes. Just kind of pushed it away. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mm-hmm. love that. It's such a, heartwarming story mm-hmm. and I can totally like totally understand how community was needing that yeah just wanting to see that and as soon as they see it just supporting it yeah, yeah. I like I think like that's the beautiful thing about the indigenous community even in Winnipeg like even like I mean obviously across North America right yeah but even in Winnipeg alone people were like 
you're native, you're from up north. I want to help you. How can I help you? Like, you know, natives were like from the city. They're like, I want to volunteer for you. I want to help you with your sales. Like I want to help you with whatever. And I just thought it was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Even like the ideas that people share with me, they're like, I had this idea and I know that you can do it so perfectly. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Thank you. That's (laughs) a blessing. Yeah. You know what? That's totally a side of uh, the first nation community that people don't see or the indigenous community. Like, like you said, in North America that people don't see Mm -hmm. is we want to support those who we see who are doing something. Yeah, want to support them. Yeah, if we're looking to hire someone, we we seek, search Indigenous first, yep. right? If we're looking yep. for a business to collaborate with, we're looking mm-hmm. for Indigenous first. Yeah, so. you message your friends, you message your group chats, you know, yeah. and you're like, "Hey, I need a native photographer," and like yes. right away, five six names, yes. right? I, I love it. <laughs> and as the list grows, like my heart grows because I'm yeah. just I'm so proud. Of, yeah. of all of these people just like us who yeah. just had this idea. That, you know, maybe it's a little crazy, but you go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and now this is what's happening. Exactly. Like, I mean, who knew that, like, uh, when I started selling stickers 16 months ago, that this is where I would be, right? Yeah. Um, I never would have imagined. And so I thought, you know, like the momentum <laughs> that came with the, from the community, yes. like, is the reason why we're here. We're built. But my friend, my good friend, Candace Linklater, you know, uh, resilient indigenous women on, woman on, uh, Facebook. Okay. She's like, I'm, I come from, like, I'm built from community, like not from hard work, but from like my community. My community was, is the reason why I, where I am, you know? So it's beautiful. For sure. Yeah. I was like, I was over 27 years old. So my brother was killed by the police in 20, 2005. Yeah. And so I was 27 years old and it wasn't until after that, that I started to learn about my connection to community. Like Mm -hmm. I had no idea Yeah, and I felt guilty for a long time for being so ignorant about it, but then recognizing and understanding that was the goal, right. For me not to know that. And it wasn't until I started identifying with my community, Kisikun and Ojibwe First Nation, um, and having the community claim me, that's when I really started to learn who I was and feel mm-hmm. confident about who I was. Mm-hmm. So community, like, you need community. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So you grew up in Opaspec or Yes. In, okay. Yeah, so I, I grew up there. We moved off the res when I was 20. My my parents um, moved to town, which it sounds silly. It's just like it, the Paw and Ocean, it's really just like one big community, right? Yeah. And so it's just like the town side. When I say the town side, it's like people think that it's far. And it's like, no, it's literally across a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, but I um have lived there. For the majority of my life until I moved here two years ago. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And you came to Winnipeg for school or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing my master's degree at the University of Manitoba in the Native Studies Department. Ah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I mm-hmm. love that. Thanks. And so um, Native Love Notes started just as like digital posts? Or- yeah. Um, so I just wanted, you know, I just wanted it to be like a comedy account, just like in the same way the res, like the band office and the res life and like all these other fun, like meme accounts, right? Mm-hmm. But more focused on graphic design rather than memes. Um, and, and then. Such pretty design. Thank you. Yeah, so pretty. <laughs> and then, uh, but you know, the community wasn't satisfied. They're like, no, we need <laughs> products now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so oh, I, I started, it. I was just like, well, 
Googling stickers, I was just like, you know what? Stickers for me. Okay. One, I'm a stationary addict. I love stickers. I love notebooks. I love all that stuff. Two, like stickers for me are accessible art and they can make a statement. You can put them anywhere. Um, you, they can create conversations with people. Say if you had a sticker on your water bottle, a cousin sees that and they're like, that's amazing. I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah. And then strikes up a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Same with like, if you see a sticker uh, on a stop sign, you're like, Hey, I know what that means. I know the reference. I know the context of that sticker, yeah. but it's like, so I thought, you know what? It's accessible art that creates connections between people. Amazing. So I thought stickers is the way to go for me. So I started with stickers and so I found the perfect printer and this and that. And, uh, within like, I think the first six months we had something crazy, like 78 designs. And now we have 174. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like you're right. Like who would have known you could mm-hmm. start a business selling stickers? Like, yeah. It's just not something you think of. No, no, it's, it really isn't. But I just like my intuition was like stickers, stickers, stickers. And then I was just like, I finally listened and I was like, fine, I'll start with stickers. And, and there we, away we went. Wow. I believe like in the first day when I launched my website on April 29th, I opened a Shopify account and I launched a full on website April 29th. And we, on the first day had 200 orders. Yay. Yeah. I was like, what? (laughs) So within like, you know, the, like I started with, and I, and I want people to know, like, you don't need to have a lot of money to start a business. Yeah. Uh, I had $200 and that was my student income. And I wow. barely had, like, I barely had the money, right? But yeah. it doubled and it doubled and it doubled and it doubled and it tripled. And, it, you know, like, oh and all of a sudden, like, with two months, I was making $14,000 a month. Wow. Like, and I was like, what? All of this started with $250. Oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> Wow, so exciting. And so you've branched out to what type of products now? So uh, apparel, um, and of course, like notebooks, stationery, planners, and then home goods. Like some of my favorite products are home goods. I love a mug. I love a good mug. I love a good candle. You know, anything that'll like draw me into being at home. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, And then um, notebooks, of course, I love journals and uh, prints and posters. But yeah. I think our most popular thing um, would probably have to be our apparel. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So in the email, when we were emailing about the podcast, your sign-off says, stay deadly. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I was on my phone and I went running to my son. I'm like, check this out. Because <laughs> it's those things that, it's like the, how do you say it? The salt of the earth, right? Because yeah. in, in Winnipeg, um, like I've been engaged with the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce for like seven years or so. So very much a non-Indigenous environment with right. those business relationships. And so to see something like that in a yes. sign-off, I was like, this is the coolest thing. And um, I actually did a talk in 2015 and I called it the Indigenous Renaissance. This is what it was about. It was about not the comeback, but the the growth back of the Indigenous community yeah. of strength, confidence, and presence yes which is so exciting like that is the feedback that i have received right from the beginning um with native love notes is that people were like you know what i'm able to be completely who i am and proud of you know how resi i am and how like how i don't have to be perfect and Mm -hmm. uh within you know standards of colonization anymore Mm -hmm. i don't feel like 
I feel more free and liberated to be who I really am. And like when people tell me that, I just like want to (laughs) cry. It's so powerful because, you know, like stay deadly. It's just, it may be like, uh, you know, a fun email greeting or whatever. It really means a lot. It's it's still visibility. It's still like, I am here. I am myself. I, uh, you know, I'm from OCN and I don't care, you know, (laughs) I don't care if you don't like it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I feel like, yeah, like, you know, when Native Love Notes, we hit our one year mark and we had our, you know, anniversary social. So many people at that social came to me and they were like, you know what? You made me proud of who I am. You made me embrace who I am. And I feel liberated to be who I am because of Native Love Notes. And I just think it's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful reward that you probably didn't even yeah. expect. Right? Honestly, I did not expect it's just that at like, all. We're just doing something fun. I just don't want to be depressed when I go home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some of some of the things that you have on your website, some more taglines is for res kids and res kids at heart and design with res, res kids in mind. Mm-hmm. So where did that come from? When I read that, I could tell, well, you've put some work into like you probably sat down and you're like, you know, what, what is this? What yeah. is this business? Was it because of you were part of a pitch competition or like what drove that work and how did you come to those taglines? I just wanted to be direct about who I wanted my audience to. I want people to know that I don't design for, you know, and I don't create for any other demographic other than just I think of the people that I grew up with. I think of my home community. I think of our nieces and nephews and our little cousins. And I think of like uh, what I would have wanted as a kid or as a, as a youth, you know, like uh, what I would have wanted as a young adult. And so I think about how I am still a res kid at heart. I still have, you know, like I may be talking like this right now, but in 15 minutes when the mic goes <laughs> off, my res, you know, my res accent is going to come full, full force, you know, like, <laughs> And, um, so I, I wanted res kids to know that this is for them. This is for them and for them specifically, Mm -hmm. not just like on the side. No, this is native love notes is for res kids. Like, and I want them to feel seen and heard and valued and inspired. And also just like feel like that it's okay to have this sense of humor. It's okay to talk the way we talk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So when it says, so for res kids and res kids at heart, that to me says another thing. I wonder if you've heard this so far. So me growing up in the city, not knowing, you know, any of my connection to any community for most like 27 years of my life, right? I feel like it's giving youth back, like giving my youth back that fun part of it and connecting to things. And, you know, maybe I, because I didn't grow up on a reserve and I didn't have Maybe I didn't use some of that ter- terminology, but I still understand it and I get yeah. it. And that sort of, you know, it gives me that little bit of that life. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, I love that, like, that people are reclaiming who they yes. are and, and feel like even though you didn't grow up around wrestling, you're still part of the community and you still get it. So, like, yeah. it's like reclaiming that again. It's, and it's valid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love that. So, what would you say are some things that or something that people are surprised to learn about you? That I had a rough life. Mm. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, what do you mean by that they're surprised by that? Because I, right now, in this, you know, with who I am at, at 35, is very happy and jovial and, like, 
outgoing and fun and uh, full of life. But truthfully, I grew up in a very chaotic home, in a very chaotic, uh, at the time when I was growing up, community, uh, and, and a very, you know, scary school and violent. I grew up with a lot of violence and I grew up with a lot of fighting and anger and depression and thoughts of suicide and fighting like was something that I did to escape, you know, and like, because I was always bigger and I could fight back. I, yeah, it was just something that I had to do to survive. I had to be tough to mm-hmm. survive, you know, in my community when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And so people don't, are often very surprised when they hear like, you know, even though I'm happy and outgoing and stuff like that now, that maybe like 10 years ago, I was suicidal and I was angry and I didn't know what to do with all of this intergenerational trauma that I had been lumped with, you know, and how do I come to terms with, you know, having been raised by residential school survivors and like, um, and having to like love them, but or loving them, but also reconciling like the fact that I was abused a lot growing up, you know, so like, what do I Yeah. So I had to do a lot of work and I had to do a lot of therapy and I had to do a lot of healing and like focusing on my personal growth for many, many years, you know, and I still am like, it it never goes away. Right. There's just layers of it, you know, but really digging into that grief and that anger and dealing with it head on really like changed my life. And so when I talk to res kids, I do presentations. I do like 20 to 30 presentations a month. And most of them are in classrooms. Oh, wow. And I make sure that these res kids feel seen. And I know what it's like to live angry. I know what it's like to live with thoughts of suicide at a young age from 9, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I know I get the life. And I want them to feel seen in my story and feel like they can have a future too. And so I never thought about my future until I was 28. Then I went to university because I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I totally know what it's like to be angry, young, and futureless as a res kid, right? And so I feel like people often don't know that until they hear my story. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's so deep. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being open and sharing that. I guess it's easy for people to assume that you're happy-go-lucky. Mm-hmm. she's just always been that way mm-hmm. she has this gift and she just made this thing happen mm-hmm. she's so lucky yeah right yeah no, <laughs> yeah. no I, I hear you it's, it's the same for me mm-hmm. I grew up with really low self-esteem mm-hmm. I didn't even know what confidence was yeah I'd be the person that'd be hiding at the back of the room and when people hear that they're just like I don't believe it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and it's working at it every day going to therapy yeah I think that's, you know, going to therapy and doing, you know, that inner work or self-healing or whatever people want to call it. I feel like, like I try to bring attention to that so people recognize, yeah, that's a thing and you can do that and it's ongoing. One of the yeah. um, things that I've been quoted for saying and I use it all the time now is healing is a lifestyle. Yeah. And yeah. that's all you can do is make the lifestyle. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Make it a habit. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say are some like mindset challenges that you continue to have to, to run a business? One of the things that I've been working on is stop <laughs> trying to get myself to stop avoiding responsibility because that means, <laughs> you know, to own a business and to have to call the shots and to have to be the boss mm-hmm. and to have to t- steer, you know, the business and to have to like, make the decisions in terms of what goes on behind the scenes and with our staff and 
um, what goes on with like marketing and whatnot. For me, having to step up and, you know, sometimes having to make hard decisions is something that <laughs> is really difficult for me to do because like I still, you know, I still want to be liked at the end of the day and I still want people to be like, you know, like to, you know, not be mad at me because, you know, it's, it's ingrained in me from like my having to walk on eggshells for most of my life yeah. in my home. Yeah. It's so hard for me to want, make those difficult decisions and have to have those difficult conversations with staff and team members, you know? Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, I still have those habits of thinking like, I need to be careful. And, you know, I, I kind of shrink back sometimes from taking responsibility and taking lead on things because I'm just scared. Like sometimes I still get scared, even, you know, at my age and where I'm at in terms of like leadership and, and business, I still get scared, you know, with yeah. like, and I still want to be liked by the folks that I work with. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it sometimes that comes out in, you know, in ways where it looks like I am just avoiding responsibility altogether. Yeah. And so yeah, so I find that like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely something that like, that I've had to consciously work on and being like, okay, me like, need to like you know step down <laughs> and um, people need direction from you and as hard as it is you know to have to make those choices um you're gonna have to because no one else is going to yeah so <laughs> yeah it's your job yeah you started this yeah yeah you gotta keep it going exactly yeah. yeah and so what are some of your goals with business right now uh, so this year, this fall, we have, uh, quite a bit of expansion happening. So I'm really excited about that. I would like to employ more people. You know, we, we very much proudly give a uh, really great wage here and we treat our, you know, employees, uh, with a lot of respect and dignity. And, um, we want people to feel like they matter and that their positions here are important you know, and that their place in this team is really important and their place in this community is really important. You know, we are 100% First Nations run and, you know, owned and operated. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I want to be able to bring on more team members mm -hmm. and expand that way. That's, that's one of our goals is just putting our community first and like making sure that, you know, our team is living their best lives. Mm -hmm. You know, I want people to have a good wage so that they can go on vacations, pay off those student loans, live your best life, go to those concerts, you know, whatever it is that you want. Yeah. Um, I want my team members to be able to do that. And so that's my goal is to be able to offer that to lots of people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> good for you. That's amazing. Um, and the best way for us to support you? Check out our website. <laughs> lots of deadly stuff on there. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, it's pretty crazy how, like, buying a couple stickers means, like, I, I just made a post about this last night. Like, yeah. like, I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know what? People buying, like, literally two or three stickers, yeah. it means, like, literally being, like, First Nations women are literally able to you know, pay their bills and live their best lives. And like, yeah. not only that, but also we are able to give back to community in big ways. We give thousands of dollars in product to the community and events and this and that, like every single month, you know? Wow. And so like, because of people's support, we are able to do this consistently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So res kids can see themselves exactly. everywhere. Exactly. Yay. Yeah. Anything else that we should add? I'm 35. Okay. And I feel like 
a lot of people in their mid to late 20s are often very restless and they're like, oh, I feel like I'm behind and this and that. And it's like, okay, yes, maybe you are compared to the rest of society because you have to deal with intergenerational trauma that the rest of society does not have to live with, okay? But there's nothing wrong with that. You still have a long life ahead of you and you can still achieve your dreams and goals. And let, let me just tell you, life does get better in your 30s. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I'll add, even in your 40s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, so don't ever feel like you're in the wrong place. You know, like you're getting there. You are en route and you're going to do awesome. And I want people to know that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you so much. So to everyone who's listening, nativelovenotes.com. So I would say, like, go buy a bunch, stick them in your Christmas cards yeah. or birthday cards. All the stickers, check out the website for you, all the merch. Or when you buy, like, you know, your cookum some scratch and wins, you can give her a, a sticker yeah, too, huh? Yes. <laughs> you know what? Like, you're definitely a leader in native humor and bringing that presence to social media, which there's, there's unlimited space for that, yeah. right? And we need lots of that to, to continue to be present. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for doing that. No, thank you. Thanks so much for being here and listening to the podcast. Miigwech, Ecosse, merci. I want to take every opportunity that I can to tell you that you are worthy. And if something in this message resonated with you, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And send a link to your sister, your best friends, and your cousins, because if there was something in this message that resonated, then they might want to hear about it too. If maybe taking a screenshot is your thing, share it on your Instagram story. And don't forget to take me at jesskadumas.ca. 